Our passage for today is Isaiah 61.10 through Isaiah 62.12. And this actually is one unified whole. It's one long poem. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to hit pause and read it. And the poem is all about the joy of this anointed one who's coming to bring salvation. And we just sang about how he was a man of sorrows. But what this shows us is that he endured the sorrows because of a greater joy. So when Hebrews tells us that it was for joy, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. This is what it's unpacking. So as you read through this poem, you know, at times there'll be the description of Zion in this chapter is very concrete. You know, its name, its land, its walls. And then sometimes there's, and then in other places, it's more abstract, beauty, joy, 
glory, salvation. But in a sense, verse 5 is really the structural, the literal center of the poem, but it's also the central point. In verse 5, you see, as a groom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. And so this chapter as a whole is all about God's delight in his people, more so than in the bricks and the mortar of Zion as a city. So you see city, land, walls, people, glory. They're all aspects of one dazzling, beautiful reality that God is with his people. Because of the work of this Redeemer, God can once again dwell with his people and they will be with him forever. And that's the ultimate reason for Jesus' delight in his work. It's so that he can reconcile us to God. So that's the greater joy that motivates the momentary sorrow. And it sets the stage in 61 verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I, I exalt in my God. That's Jesus talking. That's the Redeemer. So he is celebrating the work that he's called to do. And there'll be key images, two fours, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has the clothes provided for him, and then for the earth produces its growth. And here we see the Messiah is accepting with joy his mission, joy in the work of salvation right here, and then joy in the result of that salvation in 62, 4, and 5. Notice the two images, the wedding, and then the fruitful garden, taking you back to Eden, and then clothing. Why does he talk about the clothing? You know, this is not a fashion statement. Clothing here is about character and commitment. You know, so in the Bible, you know, people who wear black, it's not because they want to be like Johnny Cash or want to make themselves look slimmer. It's because they're in mourning. The the external clothing is meant to express an internal reality. Or you wear a uniform in this world, not because you're showing who you're a fan of, but you're showing that you have an occupation, a role. And so this is his clothes show his character and his commitment, his occupation, his role. And then that role is to redeem the people. So again, in verse five, God can rejoice over them. And this is such a beautiful reminder of how significant God's people are to him. His interest in them is not casual. It's focused, determined, full of love. And the joy of the Savior culminates in sharing the smile of the Father of returning the wayward and the lost to a place where they can experience the smile of the Father. This is what's motivating Jesus. And notice how he celebrates in verse 2. They're destined for glory. And in verse 3, you'll be a glorious crown in the Lord's hand. It's like his trophy that he's going to celebrate. In 4 and 5, you'll be married to him as a bride forever. And then notice how it's sandwiched in 62, 1 through 3. The zeal for Zion's glory is going to motivate him. And I'm reading the CSB. It gets this exactly right. I will not keep silent. I will not keep still. He will not be silent. He will not be still. He has committed himself to ceaseless intercession and ceaseless action. He will always be praying and always be working to bring about the full flourishing, the righteous shining like a bright light, her salvation radiant and beautiful. That transformation is celebrated in verse 4 and 5. And then a beautiful section 6 through 8 where he's going to establish watchmen, praying guardians. That parallels verse 1 through 3. And the anointed one commits himself to prayer until the full reality of salvation is consummated. And here he's going to appoint watchmen, intercessors to the very same ministry. 
So one thing we say is that we want to join Jesus as he's making all things new. And here, one of the best ways you can join him is in his never ceasing praying for his bride. The anointed one has committed himself to the task of creating a people that would publicly display their their saved and righteous status, and they would be the praise of the earth. And so rightly understood, this passage offers such tremendous encouragement. It reminds us of God's rejoicing over his bride, how much Jesus was motivated by a joy and a love for his people. And rightly understood, it's also a tremendous encouragement for how we pray. Because for so much of what Isaiah confidently expected has now actually happened. You know, the promised Savior has come. A banner has been raised for the nations by the worldwide proclamation of the gospel. And this final great pilgrimage has begun. The great restoration project so, so people can be brought back into his presence has begun. And so if Isaiah had good reason to pray boldly for the fulfillment of God's promises concerning his people, how much more do we? So think about today, how can this prayer help you give your prayers a greater perspective? Or meditate on this passage and ask if you need to know. know, One thing David prays for is that the Lord would return to him the joy of his salvation. And maybe one pathway to rediscovering the joy of your salvation is to be amazed by the joy of the Savior. The joy of Jesus as he purchased and brought about your salvation. So our prayer for this Wednesday of Holy Week is assist us mercifully with your grace, Lord God, of our salvation, that we may enter with joy upon the meditation of those mighty acts by which you have promised us life and immortality through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavens.